Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For our encouragement on this day, we look to a portion of the uh, epistle reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. You may follow along in the sermon outline if you like. We read, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided for purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. This is a portion of God's word. Wow, what a honey. A car enthusiast might say this about a classic car, well-designed and taken care of as he goes to a car show. Wow, what a honey. A seamstress may say that as she looks at a quilt at the quilting show, one that is well-designed, sewn, and finished. But for me, Pastor Cronenbush, when I say, what a honey, this is what I mean. (laughs) And not just the sweet liquid in there, but the honeybee. In my former life, for a number of years, I raised several hives of honeybees. What an amazing experience. That little tiny insect does some most marvelous things. To produce a quart of honey, the worker bee flies over 48,000 miles. The queen bee produces uh, up to 2,000 legs a day. And that's necessary because the colony has to develop into thousands and thousands of bees to produce excess honey, perhaps 40 to 60,000 bees in a hive. The worker bee is so well designed that it can carry nectar from flowers and pollen from the flowers at the same time. They are social insects, developed to the point where they have many jobs that they do all at the same time. They can air condition a hive by the bees beating their wings in certain places. They can keep a hive in the middle of winter, at least that ball of bees, 91 degrees. And the honeycomb that they store their honey and pollen and raise the bees in is made in that six-sided figure which engineers say is the strongest and most efficient way of taking over a space. And that comb is made out of the finest, thinnest of wax produced by their own body. And to the surprise, no surprise of some, all the work done in the honeybee is done by females. 
and I could go on and on <clears throat> about honeybees. What an amazing design of our God, designed by God. As we are told, so the whole world is designed and sustained. The writer to the Hebrews thought to be writing to Jewish Christians that are being urged to come back to Judaism, give up on this Jesus, writes to them and to us that Jesus is a world-class designer. God chose in, his old, in the Old Testament to give his word, to speak through, to give commands and truths and warnings through prophets. But now has come one, top of the class, who is going to be taking over the teaching and, the, and leading. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the official spokesman. Listen to him. And for those who would say, well, who does this Jesus think that he is? No less than God the Father's own son. Now, not just a chip off the block, but the entire block. We read, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. Any outstanding qualities that have been shown by the Father, Jesus also has. Sometimes the sun is just a, a shadow of the Father. You know, not as gifted or talented. Not in this case. Jesus is the exact representation of his being. Listen to what Jesus told his followers and us in John 14, 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? In fact, the writer to Hebrews tells us, Jesus is the one whom he, God, appointed heir of all things. Jesus, the rightful owner of everything. So it is Jesus with these credentials that he also has on his resume this, world-class design, and through whom he, Jesus, made the universe. Jesus designed and created honeybees. Sweet. And not just that insect, but everything else. Everything that's living, everything that's inanimate, Jesus created it, including whatever the Mars rover may dig up. Wow, what a good and gracious God. What amazing credentials. Listen to what, again, to what the Apostle John said about Jesus' amazing credentials and design. From John 1, 2, and 3, He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Talk about a world-class designer, the one that designed and made everything. That includes us humans. Last week, you heard the message that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Of course, it's one thing to make a classic design, and another thing to build it according to that classic design. But a much more difficult thing to keep it going. 
keep it alive, have it run or work as it was designed. The writer to the Hebrew reminds his readers that Jesus, who created all things, is also a world-class service rep who keeps creation going. Jesus is sustaining all things by his powerful word. Genesis 1, the creation account, tells us that, Je- that God, Jesus, chose to use his almighty word to make everything. We have, and God said, 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 and God said. Six times. One time for each day of creation. And whatever God said turned out to be exactly the way that he had designed it. The writer of the Hebrews tells us that Jesus uses this same all-powerful word which made everything to keep all things going. Paul said it this way in Colossians 1.7. He being Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. The classic car needs to be maintained, oil changed, brakes adjusted. The quilt needs to be kept out of direct sunlight or anything that could deteriorate it or rip it or wreck it. The honeybees. Much to my surprise, I found out that if you raise honeybees in Minnesota, you have to feed them for a month and a half or so because there aren't enough flowers there to produce nectar. The other choice, of course, is to move to San Jose where there are flowers uh, blooming all year long. Why then, if God, Jesus, designed and created everything perfectly, why do we have troubles? Why do uh, classic cars also get dense in them? And why do bees, honeybees, die sometimes by the thousands upon thousands? And you know, things so much worse happen in this world that we live in. Simply and sadly, because of sin. When Jesus finished creating the master design, we read in Genesis 1.31 that all the things that were created were created in a way he saw that it was very good. Now, the very good is actually the same word in the original, and maybe better understanding would be complete, right? So he saw that it was all completely complete, or if you like, perfectly perfect. What happened? Adam and Eve, if you will, drove the classic car into a fruit tree. They sinned. Honeybees now die. Classic cars get rusted out. And we are living in sin-corroding bodies. The way we were born, we were full of rust, sinful rust. We hated the Creator Jesus, and we couldn't understand or even see this wonderful plan of a relationship with Him through Jesus. Have you tasted anything this week 
that you thought would be sweet as honey, but turned out to be sinfully sour? Have you dented any people's feelings by hurtful or hateful words? Tried to throw a quilt of excuses over prideful or jealous thoughts or words or actions? Me too. See, we, we need a, a master repairman, and that one is Jesus. Repairs are made like new, the writer to the Hebrew says it this way. Jesus had provided purification for our sins. What did Jesus use to, to clean us up, to take away our sinful dents? Well, John tells us in his first letter, chapter 1, verse 7, where he says, The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. Jesus suffered and died. So that through faith in Jesus, we could be amongst those that John talks about in Revelation 7:14. I answered, Sir, and he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, Jesus was not just the ultimate dry cleaner and repairman. He used himself to make the repairs. Before purifying us with his blood, he lived a life without a scratch of sin, never dented by Satan. His life quilt was filled with panel after panel of showing him doing miracles, providing for people that were in need, sharing loving and forgiving words. Sometimes those loving words were pretty sharp and blunt because the people he was speaking to were rejecting him and rejecting the only means of salvation. He did this all for us. So that through faith in him, his quilt, his robe of righteousness can be ours. And we can wear that, and God sees that displayed in us. And when he realized that, we, we want to live more like the way that God designed us to be, live a more God-pleasing life. Now we strive to use God-pleasing words, even to those who most aggravate us. We try to avoid acting in ways that will dent us sinfully. And we turn to a God who promises to sustain us and trust him. As we said in our confession, as we sang in the song, right? We have a God who provides everything. That's his promise. He always has. He's not going to stop today or tomorrow. We're not feeling well. God is the one who has a plan and a way to make us well. If we need a job, God has a job there for us. Promise to provide and take care of us and have a roof over our heads. And he says, trust me in it. I made you. I washed you clean. I sanctified you. I want to surely take care of you. And with that understanding and faith, we can join with Isaiah of old and the all believers of all time, what he wrote in Isaiah 61.10. 
I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. And there's more, dear friends. Jesus is also our GPS master, for he is God's positioning son. The writer of the Hebrews concludes this section by saying, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Understanding that the right hand of God is a place of power and authority. After Jesus' resurrection and ascension into heaven, the disciples were called before the Sanhedrin, that group, the ruling council of the Jews. And they were told, stop teaching, stop preaching about this Jesus. To which Peter replied, we must obey God rather than men. And then he said this, Acts 5.31, God exalted him, Jesus, to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Peter, of course, was just echoing Jesus' words on that mount in Galilee. In Matthew 28, he said, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. The Apostle Paul, who was gifted with such beautiful ways of putting these things, said this in Ephesians 1.20, Which he, being God, exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Who's the church? It's us. Do you hear what Jesus is now doing for us? Ruling everything. Trust him. Believe in him. Designed by God. What has been designed? The whole world is designed and sustained. All for people like you and me. So that we can be sure every day, confident that Jesus loves us, lived and died for us, and now rules for us. Also that we could be forgiven and live a new life with this world-class designer and the ultimate resident someday, heaven itself. Amen.